Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to Fantasy Football Today DFS. It's week 17. It's me and Mike McClure. That must mean it's Friday at 11 o'clock. Mike, how you doing today? Let me let me start with this because we, you and I were just talking with uh, Zach Brook, our producer of the show today, about why there's so many on this 13-game slate, why there's so many 1 o'clock games and only three 4 o'clock games. Um, clue us in on that. Yeah, I mean, it's a couple reasons. TV money, for sure, is always going to be a factor. Uh, having essentially, we know the NFL likes to create standalone games. Those are the most popular in terms of betting handle and just viewership in general. But a lot of it is also for competitive advantage reasons. They typically want divisional teams playing at the same time so you're not able to tank and make other decisions based on results there. That's why if you look at, say, week 18 next week, you don't see game times listed yet. Uh, that That's why you see things like that. Okay, and one other thing. We've got a 13-game slate, obviously. When you go into a slate like this, do you attack it any differently than, you know, sometimes, listen, a few weeks ago, we had, you know, a nine-game slate or maybe a 10-game slate. There's a lot more to choose from. Is there a sort of a different mindset you have going into something like this? A lot more to choose from. And there is a bit of a different mindset, Sia. So I'm not afraid to eat the chalk in certain spots where we know and have a significant sample size that it's good chalk. So the most immediate example of that's going to be Christian McCaffrey. We'll talk about it throughout the show. I don't need to tell you that Christian McCaffrey is good at football. He's a great DFS play at pretty much any price point, especially when you have value. But what I'm able to do on 13-game slates like this, I don't mind eating the chalk in those awesome spots because it's very easy to get the collective ownership of your lineup down when you've got 13 games to pick from. The ownership gets suppressed in a lot of places. Uh, So bringing that collective ownership down becomes way easier. So I'm way more likely to lean into what I deem to be the good chalk. All right. I love that. All right. Well, let's get started on this 13-game slate. By the way, everybody in the chat, thank you for being here. Hit the like button if you haven't already. Uh, review the podcast if you can on, on Apple. Scroll down, hit five stars, maybe say a few words. Lamelo Call is in here. He says, man, I was just catching up on Big Pick Energy Friday and got notifications this was starting. Then I've got the prop show this afternoon, which of course is on the Early Edge channel at four o'clock. Tough to keep up with all you guys, but well worth it. Lamelo Call, thanks for keeping up with all of these shows because there is a lot of information that gets out from a betting, DFS, prop standpoint. Uh, we've got it all on this channel and on the Early Edge channel, uh, So, or I should say the Sportsline channel. So let's get started. Mike, we're, we're going to coast through a few of these games because if we really went in-depth yeah. on all 13 of these games and then did the cheat sheet and the top three, which we always do at the end of the show, this would probably go 90 minutes. So I'll just put this right, right, right here right off the bat. For those of you that are like, oh man, they sort of they didn't talk about this as much as they normally do. Go ahead, jump in the chat and and ask us uh, about a player that we missed or a stack that you like that we missed because there's just no way we're going to go through every single game uh, in terms of like really kind of deep into every single player. Let's start Rams minus five and a half at the Giants. It's a 43 point total. Listen, I think this one's interesting on, on a couple of different levels here. Uh, obviously, Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback. We don't have DeVito anymore. And Tyrod's only 4,600 against a Rams defense that you can expose. He's got some options that are very cheap. I mean, Darren Waller is obviously in the conversation. But the receivers, Wandale at 4,000, Slayton at 3,400, Jalen Hyde at 3,200. Then, of course, we got Saquon Barkley at 6,900. On the other side, hard to get away from Kyron Williams at 8,300. Uh, Cooper Cup and Nakua, pretty reasonably priced. 8,100, 7,900. And then, of course, a cheap option, Demarcus Robinson, was really flashed for a few weeks at 4,600. So my question to you, Mike, is with all this information, with all these players, a lot of which seem viable, 
would this be maybe one of your stacks or maybe a game where you're getting a lot of involvement? It would be. See a spoiler alert. You can always tell when the helmets are in the background. Uh, I love that this was the first game. Uh, you know, I put my favorite ones up for this show. I, I love this game. This game is insanely stackable. Uh, the price point on Tyrod, 4,600. Like we know he's not a great quarterback at this point in his career, but he should not be $4,600. If he was actually a starting quarterback, he would still be in that $5,600 range. And the reason for that is he essentially has half a touchdown baked in before he starts because of the rushing upside. He's going to have 20 to 40 rushing yards uh, in pretty much every game. Now you get him against a very good Rams team. This Rams team has improved significantly as they've gotten healthy. That means we're almost guaranteed a neutral or trailing game script for three and a half quarters from Tyrod Taylor. Uh, mm -hmm. And cheap options to throw to. Excellent high-end spins on the other side with Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. The good news on the 13-game slate, their ownership gets suppressed still. They will be popular, especially Kyron, but the ownership is still suppressed a bit. So, yes, I love it. Uh, Tyrod is my favorite quarterback. Spoiler alert. I, I, I like Tyrod Taylor here. All right. Stay tuned for the cheat sheet and for the top three because it sounds like Tyrod, maybe some other Giants and Rams are going to be featured on that. Let me ask you this because I think with a 13-game slate, I, I, most people might think to themselves – well, I really want to get involvement in this game because Mike said so, but I'm not sure how much because I want to diversify my my portfolio a little bit. And then they look at this total of 43. It's obviously not a super high total. I guess my question is, if you're stacking this game, is it you're singularly stacking Tyrod Taylor? You're putting him with two pass catchers and are you running it back with just one Ram or you're trying to get really all the points and maybe it's Kyron and Cooper Cup because obviously, or, or Nakua, obviously you can afford that because Tyrod's only 4,600 because Wandale's 4,000 because Darren Wall is 4,500. Yes, uh, Darius Slayton, 3,400, uh, the mm -hmm. deep ball threat. Love the deep ball threat to Darius Slayton with Tyrod Taylor. So if you start a lineup with Tyrod Taylor, Darius Slayton, and Kyron Williams, like that's the most basic way to get some exposure to this game. When you do that, you still have 5,600 available and you haven't played your cheap tight end yet. You haven't played your cheap defense yet. Uh, so you have a lot of money to spend if you start with Tyrod Taylor, Darius Slayton, and Kyron Williams. Uh, that will be one lineup. I will have, I'll play five lineups. Two will be heavily featured from this game. One will be just those three and then loading up and getting exposure to the various games that I like across the board. Another way that I will build, though, is I will actually have Tyrod Taylor double stacks. Uh, that will be Darren Waller and Darius Slayton. Uh, and then on the other side, I will have Kyron Williams and either Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua. They're $200 difference. I will likely pay $200 more for Cooper Cup. Uh, but again, even doing that, you still have 5,200 remaining. Spoiler alert, you can play Christian McCaffrey in that lineup extremely easily still. Uh, those will be the ways I'll be building from this game. I love that. And, and by the way, there's so many creative ways you can build this week because there is so much value. I mean, a lot of these are punt value. You got to see if it actually gets there, but there are some receivers, uh, maybe a, a running back or two. We'll, we'll see what opens up. I mean, there's, there's some questions at the running back position across the board, but I mean, I've done lineups, Mike with Kyron Williams and Christian McCaffrey, and I've actually gotten it. It, it hasn't necessarily been associated with like a really cheap stack. Although this cheap stack would, would be, would be fine. I mean, honestly, I know for a fact you can get Tyrod and let's say Slayton, because I, I like Slayton more than Wandale too. Um, you could get Tyrod and Slayton in a lineup with Kyron Williams bring back. And, and like you said, you still get Christian McCaffrey in there. And honestly, you can still build a, a team that's not full of punts uh, from then on out because there's just so much value that opens up with this stack. 
but also opens up just across the board. Real quick question. Somebody had a, a question about, oh, it, it's um, Tripo Day Football DFS. Taylor over Jared Stidham. Before I even lob that over to you, I do like Jared Stidham this week, but from a yeah. game environment and a, and a total standpoint, th- this one you like uh, a decent amount better, right? Yeah, I like it a decent amount better. Uh, it's you, you nailed it, Sia, right? It's just the ability to stack the game uh, on both sides. It's really a lot of what's driving some of my interest in Tyler, Tyra Taylor here is frankly the opponent, right? It, it's Kyron yeah. Williams, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. All three of those guys have insanely high usage. The target trees are condensed. Uh, they're very likely to be trailing uh, in this game. So I, I think that's why I like it more. Whereas the Stidham game, I think that game's going to be ultra competitive overall, but moves slow. They're still going to run the football. It's It doesn't offer the high-end spend. So I, I would rather be on the Taylor side, but I think you're on the right track in terms of potentially either going all the way up to the top or all the way to the bottom on the quarterback. I don't think there's a lot of cases to be playing some of the mid-range QBs. Yeah, and speaking of spoiler alerts, uh, my cheat sheet, I don't want to say it's its contrarian what my stack is, but you know, with so many people spending down, understandably so, I've kind of gone a different direction, which you'll see at the end of the show on my cheat sheet. All right, let's move on. Again, we spent a lot of time on that game for good reason. Uh, another game we're going to spend a lot of time on, a decent amount of time on, 49ers minus 12.5 at the Commanders, 50-point total. A lot to talk about here. Brock Purdy, it looks like he's playing. I mean, we know he had that stinger. It kept him out late in the fourth quarter. But it looks like Brock Purdy at 7,000, Jacoby Brissett at 4,900. Those are going to be your starting quarterbacks. I see reason to play both of those. I mean, you talk about a cheap tie rod. Let's look at what Jacoby Brissett's done in limited action over the last two games. I mean, he's not only has he been really good and efficient, but he's also kind of feeding the guys that we think he should be feeding. I'm, I'm talking about Terry McLaurin, guys like that. So – I. Mike, I think this game is really stackable. I could see another situation where, where you have Purdy and CMC, maybe a pepper in Brandon Ayuk, and you just spend up in this game. You run it back with Terry McLaurin or Curtis Samuel at 4,400, somebody like that. There's just a lot you can do with this game. Uh, are you also stacking this one? I am. That is another featured matchup here behind me, Sia. I love uh... – really getting some exposure to both sides. It starts with Christian McCaffrey. I know it might get old for a lot of you to hear me talk about Christian McCaffrey every single week, but mm-hmm. look at what he does every single week. When he had a bad game against Seattle, he scored 19 fantasy points. Um, yeah, it's absurd, right? So he, he's going to continue to do that. We saw the targets go way up in the passing game in a competitive game against Baltimore. I don't think we see a ton of that here, but I do think – he is extremely efficient against Washington. So I, that'll be my interest there. We have to watch on Debo Samuel here. He is listed questionable, limited participant in practice, but it is a neck injury. Kind of scary mm. for him. They want him available in the playoffs. This is yeah. a game they should be able to easily win. It wouldn't shock me if he's still logging practices, if he is either inactive or very limited in this game. So I would build for that scenario personally. Um Older thing to keep in mind here, in the NFL, one thing we really care about is rest and travel. This is a West Coast team on the East Coast for an early start time. This is a very early morning game uh, for San Francisco. So definitely different on the body clock, especially at this point in the season when you've taken a lot of damage overall. So something to consider. You mentioned Brissett. He's definitely in my player pool, paying down a quarterback, love having a bring back of some kind. Uh, but the primary focus here for me is going to be McCaffrey, who I will play in every lineup. 
what would you think about a Brissette stack? Maybe this doesn't make sense, but a Brissette stack, again, 4,900. Let's say it's to Terry McLaurin at 5,500. And you bring it back with CMC and an additional player like a Brandon Ayuk, for example. Yeah, I definitely think it's viable. Uh, you know, it's very telling when you see a total of 50 here. Um, I, I do kind of lean under just a little bit. I don't think San Francisco runs it up, so to speak, but I do think that they they get there. I think they still score enough points. Um, yeah, I like it. I, I don't know yet on Ayuk if I'm going to get there. I don't mind it, though. I think that he's going to be in that kind of no man's land in terms of the price points. Um, for me, it's like the target, the efficiency is wild. Like it's great. It's been great. The target volume, you know, when you see games of five and seven, like ideally for a wide receiver like this, you'd like to see eight to 10 to 12 and, and like bigger spike weeks. He has had one week of double digit targets all season. That was week six on the road at Cleveland. So just understand what you're getting there. You are betting on efficiency more than volume. Which you can absolutely get against the Washington Commanders yes. defense. So keep that in mind. I mean, honestly, the way we're talking about this game, I do have a favorite stack, but I'm 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 almost I feel inclined to change it. I mean, I, I would say Jacoby Brissett to I would maybe Terry McLaurin is maybe one of my favorite stacks in this game. And obviously you can you can do, you know, Curtis Samuel, whatever you want. You can even do Logan Thomas at 3,500, but I think Jacoby Brissett is out to prove something. And he's he's come into games, granted, against soft defenses in blowouts. But against this 49ers secondary, like you can move the ball and they're not even if, with Ryan Robinson healthy. If, if he plays this week, they're not going to be able to, to move the ball through the running game. I think it's all Jacoby Brissett in a negative game script. Wouldn't shock me at all if he has a monster game with the 49ers having a monster game uh, on the way back. OK, another monster game. I guess we're starting out with all the good ones, Mike, because the Cardinals plus 12 at the Eagles. It's a 48 and a half point total. I mean, listen. The Cardinals have shown, speaking of the 49ers, they've shown an ability, even with Kyler Murray being a, a subpar quarterback, in my opinion, to move the ball, particularly against the 49ers. Two weeks ago, we saw them move the ball quite easily, mostly through the running game, which perhaps puts James Conner in play here. But I think, listen, this is a 48.5-point total. Just so you know, from an implied total standpoint, I'm talking to everybody listening, um, the 49ers have the highest implied total at around 31. The second highest implied total is the Eagles at 29.25. And then on this slate, the next one would be the Bills. There's a slight drop off there uh, to 27. So, and then it kind of just uh, goes down little by little from there. But a hurt stack to AJ Brown, I don't know how many people are going to be playing that stack, Mike. And it might be a good time to get away with it. And I'm not even sure about a bring back. I mean, Trey McBride has the bring back. Probably that's the only one I want to play. I don't want to get involved necessarily with Michael Wilson, Rondale Moore, Greg Dortch. If I had to choose, maybe I'd go. Rondale Moore. I'm, I'm really not even sure, but I like a Jalen Hurts stack here because I just think so many people are going to want to go cheap for good reason that maybe I can explode with Hurts to AJ Brown. Yeah, I think you're going to be single digits for sure. Um, and I, I think it's extremely viable. Uh, I think this team wants to continue to win. I think the matchup is, is super ideal. Uh, and, and, you know, I think you obviously know this why I think you like it a little bit. Uh, Arizona is decent enough they've got some upside to push like they've got some upside mm -hmm. with, with the quarterback situation and some of the weapons that they can move the football and push and when i say push it doesn't always even mean having to score points simply moving the football enough to pen an opponent deep that counts in dfs when you're creating mm -hmm. longer fields and just yardage in general that is as important as pushing and scoring points right so 
remember that while they may not be a team that puts up and finishes drives successfully all the time, they are teams that can pick up first downs and again, create those longer fields, which is exactly what you want when you're betting on the upside of a deep threat like AJ Brown, or just having those drives with him consistently chunk plays over the middle, you need them to be in situations where they've got to travel the length of the field. So I like this play on the Eagles side. Um, and I do not think it'll be popular at all. Do you have an opinion? I mean, obviously, A.J. Brown is the alpha receiver here, but do you have an opinion on of Devontae Smith or even DeAndre Swift in this game or an opinion on any pass catcher outside of McBride on the Arizona side? Yeah, so I think this is a very good time to pay for A.J. Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Diggs is fine for Buffalo, but I don't think they're going to need him as much. Um, and I, I think that they're going to be more conservative, lean on Josh Allen and the run game. Tyreek Hill's banged up, not going to have his running mate most likely in Waddle uh, against a very good Baltimore secondary. Tyreek will probably get there. The opportunity cost is high as he's very expensive. And um, I, I think we all know what the upside for him looks like. I think A.J. Brown is the guy that gets lost at 8,600. A lot of people are – it's a lot easier to click uh, Puka Nakua or, or Cooper Cup, frankly, just save that money in a game that I think people will want to stack. So for me – I don't think people are going to attack Philly through the air. So I think this is a really, really good A.J. Brown spot. And outside of Trey McBride, any receiver you have your eye on or do you go cheap somewhere else? I would go cheap somewhere else here. So this is not one that I, you know, I mentioned the other team being able to push a little bit. So you naturally think you want to stack it. For me, I want to capture what's going on on the Philly side, which I think we have a lot better idea of and kind of sprinkle value across the board uh, at some of these other games. So if I were building any Philly lineups personally, it would be more of either AJ standalone or Hertz to AJ, and then still sprinkling in uh, a guy like Darius Slayton, for example, rather than mm-hmm. trying to stack someone on the other side or bring it back. And the reason for that is I, I think Tyrod's in a great spot, and I still would want to get some of that exposure overall. And I'm still probably playing a guy like Kyron Williams. So it, it does give you a little skinny stack in that other game uh, while simply playing A.J. Brown this week on a 13-game slate is going to be different enough that I don't feel the need to to force a stack in that game. Absolutely. All right. Well, I don't feel the need to talk about this next game too much, although there are some chalky slash valuable plays to or value plays uh, to talk about. Patriots plus 13 at the Bills. It's a 40-point total. Let's just touch on the players that we might consider playing here, or at least that I might consider playing. We got Zeke at 6,000. Pretty good price for Zeke, considering how much work he's going to get uh, at Buffalo. Demario Douglas is forty three hundred. Uh, both Zeke and Demario Douglas are going to be like on the chalkier side, popular plays for sure. I think James Cook is going to be getting some ownership, but he's interesting at seventy one hundred. I don't think I'm getting to James Cook. I may not get to Demario Douglas, although I, I certainly don't mind that play. I'm probably getting to Zeke. Uh, what say you? Am I missing any players from this game? And do you like any of those three? Uh, No, I don't think we're missing anyone in this game. Uh, I think the only one we could actually be slightly missing on, but you'd have to build for that specific scenario, is Josh Allen. And that scenario is where the Patriots are able to push just enough and Josh Allen decides, okay, we're winning this game and I'm going to run the football 12 times and pick up 55 rushing yards. If he does Mm -hmm. that and has, you know, gets the touchdown work, he, no one's going to play him. He's going to be, going to be good. Um, I'm not going to build for that scenario, but I do think it is a very legitimate scenario, frankly. Uh, Cook is the most fascinating play to me. We've seen the upside. 
I think you're right in that people might be scared to click on the name. You, you see a game log of just six in the last one. But what's more is this is a guy we played throughout the season at like 5K and 5,500. When you see 7,100 here, you have to think, is this six years ago with Dalvin Cook? No, this is James Cook here. Uh, I don't think people are going to click the button, frankly. So I like him. Um, the only concern I would have is mixing in the other backs and focusing on health, knowing that they can win the AFC East next week if Baltimore beats Miami. All right. Uh, I think we can move on from this game. There was a nice comment in the chat that I, I kind of want to read just for just for um, my sake and your sake, Mike, and, and uh, the producers on this show. He says, hey, don't often get to catch this live. Thank you guys and the whole team that works on the show. Best show in the game. Thanks for another year of winners. Mostly, he says, in parentheses, LOL. Uh, and by the way, we, we play a tournament DFS, so we're not always going to have winners. I, and I was very upfront about it. I think this this week on Tuesday, I, I I did not have a good week. I think it's actually two weeks in a row where I've had subpar weeks, but then it was like four weeks before that where I had really good weeks and I was playing mostly tournaments. So that's the up and down nature of, uh, especially if you're playing tournaments in any DFS sport, but particularly the NFL. So um, thanks for sticking with us uh, through some of the subpar weeks. Again, we're trying to splash and Mike McClure in particular, he's trying to get you that edge from not necessarily a fully contrarian play, but, but like the, the, the manner in which he's building and, and where he's trying to pull from, you can probably tell by every single show, he's trying to put you in the best spot to not just cash in a tournament, but to actually win a tournament. And that's what we're looking to do. All right, let's talk about, and thank you for that comment, by the way, Jay Metz. Uh, Dolphins plus three and a half at the Ravens, 47 point total. Okay, another game where a lot of people are going to have interest. And that's the beauty of this slate, right? There's not going to have, we're not going to have ownership collecting in, in just one or two places. There's going to be so many different ways to play it. And you got to go with, maybe you hear something on this that kind of backs your preconceived notion. Like go with what you think is the play. Don't get sort of group thought into, oh, everybody's going to play this. I don't want to miss out. Like this is the slate to really just take a stand and, and be right on something. Dolphins plus three and a half at the Ravens. Like I said, Tua, I, I'm not probably going to play here. Lamar at 7,700. I think is interesting. I think we got to get clarification on the the Dolphins running backs. Although even with that clarification, I don't think I'm playing them. You touched on Tyree Kill and the opportunity cost being a little bit banged up. I don't know that I'm going there. Uh, Jalen Waddle not playing in this one. I think Cedric Wilson is a good value play, but I'll just put it out there. Like he's not a one for one to Jalen Waddle. Like other people are going to get targets. Durham Smythe, some of these backup receivers, as a result of Jalen Waddle being out. But still, Cedric Wilson at 3600. Don't hate. Durham Smythe at 2,900, I don't hate. With all that said, we got Zay, we got OBJ, Isaiah Likely, who I love. In this game, I think I might just go Isaiah Likely potentially in like a two tight end build and get out. But I, I like the other plays. I just can't play everybody. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this one is fascinating, honestly. Um, you know, when I, I look at this one, there's a number of high upside plays. I think there's no doubt about that, right? I don't think I'm getting anywhere in this game outside of Cedric Wilson. Uh, he will be in the player pool there, but I, I really, I'm going to play McCaffrey over Tyreek. It might burn me. Like Tyreek definitely could have a 50 burger here. He could have 15 targets um, I, and he very well might. So I, I'm not going to do it though. I'm going to play McCaffrey. I like the way the builds are. Uh, I like the high end spins at running back. I like the value at wide receiver. So I don't think I'm getting anywhere in this game. Uh, I think you have to monitor Zay Flowers. Um, if he were to miss here, I think Bateman could be super interesting as a, a really 
lower end play, but ultimately I think it just means they run the football a little more. They hit mm-hmm. the tight ends. Um, they play a little slower game overall. Um, so I, I think this game's got massive, wide, wide, wide range of outcomes. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be a fun game to see, but I, I don't think I'm going to get here in DFS. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get there either. I might play some Isaiah likely, and I am curious uh, what the status is on Zay Flowers because at 5,600, he's obviously a, a pretty solid play. I do like Bateman in the three-game slate uh, last week. I guess it was Christmas Day. I did play a lot of Bateman. I mean, he's he's getting targets, and we know – I think he has touchdown equity. We just haven't seen it. So certainly if Zay Flowers is out, I think uh, Bateman, obviously OBJ, and Isaiah likely to a larger degree, I think enters the conversation. All right, we'll move on from that game. Saints plus two and a half at the Buccaneers, 42 point total. I don't have much interest in this game. I think Chris Olave at 6,800 makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's really getting fed. Uh, Derek Carr's really stayed on the field a little bit more, which I think has helped Chris Olave, particularly when we're getting you know, towards the red zone. I think that will help him a long-term in a pretty big way. Rashid Shahid, 4,600. You know, I probably won't go there this week. There's just many more spend-down options in that 3K range that we've already talked about. Olave and nothing, and nothing else for me, probably, but I'm probably not getting to Olave either. Mike Evans, I'm, I'm not going to pay up for. Godwin, I'm not going to pay down for at 6,100. Rashad, Rashad White, no. Uh, anything in this game, 42-point total, Mike. Alvin Kamara. I okay. am going to play some Alvin Kamara. So I'll give you a preview of one of the lineups that I am working with right now. Um, I think is going to be super fascinating. We know the high, I mentioned running back and all the value, right? I'm going to have a lineup where I play Christian McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, and Alvin Kamara. So wow. I, I like, uh, it's very doable. It's a Tyrod Taylor lineup, uh, but extremely, extremely doable. Um, so when I look at this lineup here and I look at Alvin Kamara in, in general, we know Kamara's value comes from his work in the passing game, right? Mm-hmm. This Bucks team is a bit of a pass funnel. They, you don't really run on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They force you to pass. Derek Carr, we know, struggles sometimes having time in the pocket and making some of those decisions. To me, this projects as a spot where – it's a great opportunity for them. They, it's a must-win game. Like, they really want to go win this game. I think they put the football in Kamara's hands here, and I think that this is a spot where they, the Bucks kind of encourage it a little bit the way they play. A little bit of a bend, don't break, and, you know, we're going to force you to make 12 to 13 play drives down the field and have some efficiency in the red zone. And, and that's, frankly, where they've struggled. But when you look at this matchup for Kamara – the first time they played in this matchup, which, by the way, was Kamara's first game back where the usage was supposed to be limited, he had 14 targets, 13 receptions in that game. It's just the way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers force you to play. And when you've got an athlete like Kamara out there, I truly think he sees nine targets in this game, uh, potentially more. So that floor that he bakes in, I, I think, is too hard to ignore. I don't think he's going to be super popular because of the size of the slate and the $7,500 price tag. Uh, but I'm going to play some Kamara this week. I, yeah, I think that's definitely going to be contrarian. It makes sense. Let me ask you this. When you do your, I know when you do your, your you run your model, it's it's for 50 lineups. Not because you run 50 lineups, but that's just what it what it puts out. Does Chris Olave make it into any of those builds? Um, Let's see. He does. He absolutely does, yeah. Um. I have about the same exposure to him with the computer as Tyree Kill and Rishi Rice. Oh, wow. That's saying a lot because Rishi Rice is probably going to be a popular guy this week. 
Yep, right. They're similarly priced. Sixty-eight hundred for Olave, sixty-nine hundred for Rishi Rice. Uh, I have Rishi Rice a little higher in terms of medium projection, but it's not enough that I would be like, "Oh my gosh, I have to play Rice over him." Um, but you're right. Rice is sixteen to seventeen percent ownership, while Olave I'm projecting at five. So mm-hmm. I would trade a third of the ownership for one fantasy point and medium projection for sure. Absolutely love that. All right. Uh, Haslin Roberts, thank you, C and Mike, for the great content. Have a happy and healthy 2024. Thank you, Haslin. And uh, Teta says, hey, guys, I love the show. Best DFS podcast around. Uh, appreciate that very much. All right. I think we've touched on that game. Listen, I think w- we should probably be big fans of Olave and Kamara as a contrarian play certainly makes sense. Again, Evans, if, if anybody wants to play Evans, feel free. Like he's having a historic season. Good for him. Good for Baker Mayfield, by the way. That's great. I just don't think on this slate I'm getting to Evans at 7,800. But if you want to get to Evans, uh, more power to you. Because, again, Mike, he's Evans isn't going to be super popular. I mean, he kind of never is relative to some of these big-ticket names that we usually see. Yeah, I don't think it's it's really the ownership, uh, just 13-game slate, right? So, I, I yeah. you know, do you want to play Mike Evans over Puka Nakua Cooper Cup? Maybe. You, you, you might. Um, I don't think the name gets clicked a ton overall. I'm going to check. Where I'm projecting here, yeah, I'm not projecting a ton on Mike Evans. Where okay, yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, I, <laughs> it's hard to read the, the fine print here, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm very low on Mike Evans' ownership. I'm talking for three, three and a half, four percent. By the way, Mike, somebody did ask. I think this is an interesting game from a spread standpoint. We'll get to Panthers Jaguars in a second, which we are going to fly through. Uh, but uh, Saints are plus two and a half. I think you could probably find it at three in some markets, but it has come down to two and a half. Do you have a play here on, or at least a lean on Bucks at home minus the two? And we talked about this on the early edge with Danny Brasco earlier today. I, and now that I'm thinking about it, your model actually had, correct me if I'm wrong, slightly had the Bucks uh, to cover this spread. Yeah, slightly leaning towards the Bucks, um, just slightly. So one of those situations where I'd probably play the Bucks if we had a one and a half line, I'd probably stay off the game at three. I would play the Saints at four. I would lean the Saints at three and a half. Um, so it's, it's right in that range, obviously incredibly key numbers. Uh, so good question, though, because if some of you do want to bet, keep in mind that there are some like negative – I wouldn't say negative correlations. It's somewhat counterintuitive – uh, to your mind. So when you hear me talking about liking Olave and liking Kamara, you might think that I like the Saints in this game. No, it actually means I like some of the game scripts that they're likely to see to rack up fantasy points, um, which means they're going to be neutral or trailing and, and throwing and getting the football out quickly. So I do lean towards the Tampa Bay side, but it is not enough for me to actually go make a bet on the game. All right, let's uh, make a bet on doing Panthers Jaguars in less than 35 seconds because uh, Mike, this is Panthers plus six at Jacksonville. It's a 38 point total, which is pretty underwhelming. I think Trevor Lawrence is healthy. I think if it was CJ Beathard, I wouldn't really care. I think they're interchangeable right now. Yeah. I said that out loud. Uh, DJ shark is probably the only guy I'm considering. It's a little like, Hey, let's chase last week's, you know, two touchdown performance, but it is telling that Bryce young hit him for two touchdowns because Bryce young hasn't had much luck with really anybody um, maybe a little bit of Adam Thielen. But in this game, I'm not interested in anybody on the Jacksonville side, period, especially on this 13-game slate. On the other side, I mean, I think DJ Shark at 3,600 is interesting. But then again, we've talked about a lot of spend-down options, and we'll probably talk about a few more. So again, I don't know that I want to chase that, but it's the only play I'm considering. I'm not playing Hubbard at 5,800. Anything you like in this game? 
Not really. Um, I might even take this opportunity to go back and hammer on uh, Alvin Kamara because I think this is a good example, though. Um, I wanted to pull up Evan Ingram's game log. He had 15 targets last week. Uh, he's going to get targeted again. I think it's mm -hmm. always okay to play him. The price point's getting out of control a little bit there. But what's most important, look at the opponent, Tampa Bay. Alvin Kamara could be used in a similar role to Evan Ingram in the sense that they get the ball out quick. They are a pass funnel. They force you to throw the football quickly. That's where I think Alvin Kamara has success. You can look at Evan Ingram as a slight example um, in the way that uh, Tampa Bay likes to defend. So no disrespect to Jacksonville or Carolina, but I wanted to use the time to go back to Alvin Kamara. All right, and no disrespect taken. Let's move on. Raiders plus three and a half at the Colts, 42 and a half point total. Another game we can probably fly through because I don't really like anything here. I mean, I think we have to keep an eye on Josh Jacobs, see if he plays, because if he doesn't, Zamir White, you know, likely to at least get the rushing attempts. I'm not sure about the, the passing work there because that usually goes to somebody else like Amir Abdullah, maybe Bolden. Jonathan Taylor at 7,300, not super interested here, especially if Zach Moss is back. Another injury we kind of have to mo um monitor Pittman at 7,500. I normally love him. I don't know that this is the slate where I'm going to play Pittman or a Minshew to Pittman stack. Mike, this is another game. Like it's kind of, I'm previewing a little bit what I, I led the show with. This is a game I'm personally kind of speeding through, but stop me if you like something in this one. Yeah, there's not a lot that I like here. Uh, I think the only thing I could see myself getting to, frankly, would be the Colts defense uh, at 3,200. It's not like the super low punt defense where a lot of people are going to run to it. Um, but man, this defense has racked up a lot of points this season. Uh, if you ever mm -hmm. pull up a game log, check out the game log on the Colts DST. I know we don't typically recommend just looking at game logs for, for some of the DST, but it is hard to ignore uh, the game log that you see to the point where when you click on it and scroll, you have to wonder, am I actually looking at the fantasy points column still? <laughs> Already you see 14, 17, 11. They had a game of 26 Uh Good time to bet against Las Vegas after what they put on film against the Kansas City Chiefs, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, if you're not watching, if you're listening to the podcast, just know that Zach Brook is putting up all the game logs live as we are going through this. He was just on that Colts defense. So good stuff there. So really nothing more to add on this game, right, Mike? Nope, nothing more. I'm not playing any Raiders in this one. Okay. Uh, by the way, if Josh Jacobs is out, do you consider Zamir White or you're just off that? I'm going to be off of it. I think a lot of people will consider it, um, but I, I'm going to be off of it after. Okay. Yeah, I think it'll be inflated. Okay. Titans plus four at the Texans. This is another game, Mike. Again, we front loaded this a little bit. Uh, we have some really interesting games still to talk about, including Kansas City, which it looks like we have some questions in the chat about that. But uh, listen, Titans, Texans, again, not super interested in anything here. I think you could maybe on a smaller slate, consider a Nico Collins, CJ Stroud stack. And maybe even on this big slate, you want to get contrarian with that. But for me, I'm kind of out on that. I think Devin Singletary at 5,600 is certainly interesting because he gets so much work these days. But again, this is another game. Like if it's between Devin Singletary and, and a chalky Ezekiel Elliott, I'm probably just going up to Ezekiel Elliott here. I don't hate Singletary, but that's sort of how I'm, I'm figuring this one. Javante Williams also in this range, which I'm sure he's going to be slightly popular as well. Anything in this game? Nothing for me. Uh, tell you the only time I'd be super interested in Singletary is I think his value shoots up significantly if Jacobs is out and Zamir White is someone that people are going to play. Uh, mm -hmm. Then I think you're talking like just nobody on Singletary at all. So at that point, I'd be interested a bit. 
I think the Titans can push a little bit here, which would be good for Singletary. Um, otherwise, I'm not really getting anywhere. Chigo Conquo, fine if you need a tight end, but uh, I don't think he's really got the touchdown equity that's needed, so mostly off the game. Okay, let's move on then. If you have questions about this game, go ahead and put it in the Go ahead and put it in the chat. Greg, we say, see you, Mike. Thank you for another great year. This is by far the best DFS show on. I hope we see you both back next year. Oh, you'll see us both back next year. And uh, thank you for that compliment. I don't know. I don't have objective data to tell you whether we're the best DFS show, but I can tell you this. We try to be the the best DFS show, and we try to give you a lot of different angles that maybe other DFS shows aren't talking about. We try to talk about the, the building and the DFS side, and we're also trying, like the game theory side, but we're also trying to talk about the players too and just the football side of this, and we try to combine that into one show. Uh, Falcons plus two and a half at the Bears, 38-point total. Again, uh, this is another game. I don't think we need to talk a lot about. Uh, listen, Fields and DJ Moore are usually in play, 7,300, 6,600. This isn't the slate where I want to go there at all. Uh Drake is always valuable. He's always in the low 5K range or the high 4K range. He's 5,000. Kyle Pitts, 4,100. We know he has game-breaking ability. But if I'm playing any tight ends, uh, there's a long list before I get to Kyle Pitts. So anybody you like in this Falcons-Bears game, Mike? Uh, I would play DJ Moore potentially if I just needed a receiver in that range and I was really on the chalk in every other position or in several other positions, then I think it's fine. I, I think people are going to see that game log Last week, the game log was a little frustrating, right? We liked him. He was in a fantastic spot. He got hurt on the first throw of the game. Uh, went down, took some time off, went to the medical tent, was clearly not right when he came back on the field. I don't think it's an injury that was going to be lingering. I think it was just a, a situation where he kind of got scared a little bit, got rolled up on. Uh, again, it, it was a second play of the game, uh, first target there. So I think that they're going to look at that and see something there. But this Bears team, check out what they've been able to do at home this season in terms of scoring points. They mm -hmm. score points at home. Um, so I think DJ Moore is fine as a tournament play. With that in mind, would you consider playing Justin Fields? Even if you don't play, maybe you play him naked solo without uh, DJ Moore. Is that a consideration here? I would. Um yeah, I would, I would, I love Fields over someone like Tua. I think Fields versus Patrick Mahomes is a fascinating question here. I think the Chiefs are going to play well this week. Uh, I prefer Fields in that one. I prefer Fields over CJ Stroud. Okay, I like that. Uh, let's move on to. Oh, we just finished the one o'clock games. That was 10 games we just went through, which means we have three games in the afternoon, at least two of which have a ton of intrigue uh, in my mind. And of course, one is that Bengals Chiefs game that Mike uh, keeps alluding to. Uh, before we get there, let's hear a message from our partners. Big Cheesy is in the chat. He says, Bears a good start for defense. I think they're a great start. Can you clarify? I'm not looking at it right now. What the price is on the Chicago Bears, Big Cheesy. Uh, Mike, maybe you can pull that 3, up. 3,400. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty great price, right? Considering yeah. the circumstances, Taylor Heineke at quarterback, Bears have been excellent at home. This defense can really fly around. I don't mind paying up for, for the Bears, right, Mike? Yeah, no, I don't mind it at all. Uh, I think it's very similar to the Colts spot. Um, just you, you introduce elements and things like that uh, in Chicago. So, yeah, I think it's good. And for the record, as much as you like DJ Moore as at least a potential play, you'd agree with me that Chris Olave at $200 more, probably the, the better of the two plays? I think so. Um I, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, based on the volume we've seen, um, I think Olave is slightly better. Okay. 
Let's move on to the Steelers plus three and a half at the Seahawks, 41 point total. You know, I don't have much interest in this game. I think a flyer on George Pickens at 5,300 makes sense. Uh, I was on Mason Rudolph last week. I, I really liked him in terms of being able to connect with his receivers, perhaps for a long ball, like harken back to his days at Oklahoma State and hooking up with James Washington. Like he does have some nice touch on the long ball. And I think Pickens can be a, a long-term beneficiary of that. Uh, with that said, I'm not really interested in anything else. I don't want to play Geno Smith. I think the, the price at 5,900 is certainly reasonable, but I, I'm just not interested in a stack here. I'm not interested in playing uh, Kenneth Walker, although I think he's at least interesting from a contrarian standpoint because the price is right at 6,100. So certainly somebody to consider can always have that breakout game at home. Mike, any interest here on this 405 Steeler Seahawks game? No interest right now outside of the Seahawks defense. Um, I think that while Rudolph was great uh, in that game, and I think he does have a ton of upside, Pickens can certainly get loose. I also think that there's definitely scenarios where those deep shots to Pickens essentially become arm punts and interceptions um, mm -hmm. at, at times. So I think that when you've got the travel aspect, it is actually not an easy place to go play and win football games in Seattle, especially when the team is relevant and potentially, you know, making playoff pushes. So I, if I played anything here, it would be the Seattle defense. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I think we can move on from that one. Cause again, I, I'm not going to have much interest other than maybe a couple contrarian plays. If I'm playing a lot of lineups in, in a YOLO lineup with maybe uh, Kenneth Walker and George Pickens. All right. Bengals plus six and a half at the chiefs, 44 point total. I do think some people have interest in this game because at some point, Mahomes is probably going to have like a signature Mahomes game. As bad as this offense has looked, I mean, Rasheed Rice, 6,900, that's pretty expensive, if I'm being honest there. But then you got the Travis Kelsey factor here, too. Do you pair Mahomes with either of these two guys? You got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who is actually probably going to be viable if he plays. If he doesn't play, well, uh, the Chiefs are kind of stuck, right? Because it might, well, Michael Pirine looks to be next on the depth chart. So you might want to try to grab that value, I guess. Uh, because I, I'm sure he's a flat 4K, but uh, th there's a lot of potential value in in that running attack on the Bengals side. I, I'm not super interested in playing any Bengals. I like Jake Browning, but I'm just not super interested in playing Bengals. Anything you like in this one? Yeah, I mean, I think Rasheed Rice is one of those guys, again, we started playing him when he was super cheap this year as a rookie, right? The target volume was always a question. He certainly had to prove his worth and earn it. Um Kadarius Tony was out in the last game, but if you look at the last five games, he's averaged 10 targets in each of those games. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that's going to continue. And when you, you know, if you can consistently bet on 10 targets, then, you know, the price point at 6,900 doesn't sound all that crazy on Rishi Rice. Uh, mm -hmm. He's actually started to score touchdowns too, which has really, really helped uh, his upside. The biggest thing here is just, again, we, we played this guy early season, $3,600, $3,300. It becomes mentally, uh, a challenge to maybe make that click, but I, I like him. Um, I like Travis Kelsey as well. I think the Chiefs bounce back in a pretty big way overall. I don't think anyone's going to play Travis Kelsey here. I don't think you want to spend up at tight end overall. Um, the price point, though, another guy. We played this guy at, what, 8200 8300 um, This is the cheapest price tag of the entire season for him in a game where they just got embarrassed uh, on a holiday. I think they're going to bounce back. You know, he's going to see seven to 10 targets in this game. So I Travis Kelsey at seven K I, I don't have last year's data up, but I bet we would have to go back three years or more to find 
a cheaper price tag on Travis Kelsey. Yeah, you're probably right about that. I mean, it makes the Mahomes stacks a little bit more endearing. Uh, Big Cheesy says seventy five hundred is is a pretty nice price tag for for Patrick Mahomes in terms of like you know normally you're going to see him a little higher. It does kind of offset what feels like a lot to spend on Rasheed Rice, but if you go to to the Mahomes Kelsey stack, because because I imagine Mike, if you're stacking this game, you're not stacking it with both of those guys, right? You're picking one. I'm picking one. Yes. Um, so yeah, what you're going to like, both guys are going to see the 10 targets, which is great. I think the scenario where they have all the touchdowns, you know, they both score two touchdowns, pretty unlikely. Um, so I, I would pick one of the two for me. It's Travis Kelsey. I mean, Travis Kelsey is $100 more than Rasheed Rice. Can you imagine yeah. if I told you at some point this season that Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice would be separated by $100 in terms of price. Right. Um, I think it's a great matchup for him against Cincy, frankly. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in on Travis Kelsey this week. They went from being separated by between 3,500 and 4,000 to being separated by literally uh, 100. Do you have a run back in this game? Or, or because it's such a big slate, we sort of talked about this. You don't have to force a run back in the same game. You can go anywhere else. Uh, we got to check on Jamar Chase's status. There's some players that that uh, may be in or out or not 100% in this one. But is there a run back if, if all these guys are healthy on the Cincinnati side? There's not for me. Um, you know, you can always talk about a guy like Mixon or Brown, the running back. The problem with Mixon is just 6,400 and you're bringing back uh, potentially Jamar Chase. Like the other thing that I honestly want to talk about with Kansas City, because they, they've been so good at it throughout their little run, right? They don't have the big quick strike ability very often. When they mm-hmm. score and when they play well, they are moving the football down the field. And you often wonder, like, how is this team possibly such a good under team? It's because they take up half a quarter on a drive sometimes. Like, you've seen it many times. So I would rather bet on just the efficiency and the volume going to Travis Kelsey, the ability to move the football and hopefully convert those to six instead of a Pacheco run-in or a Harrison Bucker field goal. I would not try to stack this game. I would try to find the, the plays that you like, but I would not game stack this. Yeah, and to that point, the Bengals implied total just over 18, not super high. Now, the Chiefs implied total just over 25, which is not in the top five, but it's right outside of the top five, or it might might be in that sort of fifth or sixth column there. So um, that's still an implied total, especially if you think it's all going one place, or I should say two places, uh, it's an implied total to Chase. Yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, I see a comment in the chat, Chase might play, but it might be a decoy. I I tend to agree with that as well. in terms of Jamar Chase. So I'm I'm not going to buy anything on the Bengals side. Okay. Uh, we got to get to Mike's top three in our cheat sheets. Before we do that, we've got Chargers plus three and a half at the Broncos. Initially, I, I kind of liked uh, Jared Stidham stack, Mike, uh, but at 4,800, because I think Jared Stidham could potentially sling it a little bit uh, against the Chargers. But, you know, when I realized how much value was opening up with, because this sort of happened midweek, right? We, we learned about Jacoby Brissett. We learned about Tyrod Taylor in terms of definitely being the starters. So all of a sudden I look at this Jared Stidham scenario where, where I thought I was going to be like kind of cute and contrarian. Cause I, I think Stidham's actually a better talent right now than Russell Wilson. I don't, I don't think they're going to treat Jared Stidham. He's still going to be a game manager to some degree, but not as much as Russell Wilson has been a game manager. That's how I see it. We saw some elements of that last year when Stidham came in for Derek Carr, but we got a 37 point total. And it's just one of those situations where I think if you're going to play a cheap quarterback, this ain't the game to do it. Uh, I liked it at first. Don't like it now. I do think there's some cheap options to consider. I think it could be an interesting 
you know, bounce back spot with a new quarterback for Jerry Judy. But I also think with some injuries to Cortland Sutton and maybe maybe Marvin Mims, we're not sure about him. I think Brandon Johnson is interesting at 3,300. I think little Jordan Humphrey at 3,100, you could potentially take a flyer there. Uh, Chargers, I'm not really looking at any of these guys. Eckler, Quinton Johnston, Guyton, Erickson, Everett. I'm just not interested here. I'm, I'm probably out on this game. What say you, Mike? Yeah, this is uh, a game that I'm mostly out on. Like the guy I would like to call out, you, you called out Humphrey. I think he's fine. Um, Gerald Everett, potentially. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, he's seen eight targets in three consecutive weeks. We know that the, the Chargers are extremely banged up in terms of pass catching. Uh, and he is a guy that has flashed touchdown upside uh, in his past, albeit with Justin Herbert throwing him the football. Um, I think the only thing that gets a little interesting here is if we have legitimate game time decision type stuff on Kansas City running back. That would likely be in your flex. So if you wanted to speculate on getting to jam in LaMichael Pirine because you think we should have an inactive situation on the Kansas City side, you could then swap to any of these value-wide receivers if you're wrong about it. Mm. Um, So things like that, I think if you want, you know, that probably only applies if you're playing, you know, 10-plus tournament lineups. But I do think because the slate is so front-loaded um, and this Kansas City game is an afternoon game, if we're trending towards true game-time decision stuff, it's possible that you could have a nice, nice edge there uh, on a low-owned running back. Yeah, if that not, makes a lot of sense. To, uh, yeah, pivot to those receivers, yeah. And just to clarify, if you're not sure what Mike's talking about there, you're, you're building a lineup for the full slate. You've got that flex spot. You've got it, uh, you know, you usually want to have that with a four o'clock guy. You've got it with a little Michael P. Ryan because you don't think CEH is going to go, oh my gosh, CEH is going, what do I do? You take Michael P. Ryan out and you put in one of these potential high upside receivers that that are obviously either as expensive or less expensive. Uh, that's what late swap can can be about uh, in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, so you can kind of take that risk on the front end and know that you have an out on the back end if you're wrong about the injury designations. Um, let's see. Do we have any questions I need to get to before we get to our top three? Probably not. Uh, Richie Smalls, thanks for being in the chat. He says, Ever- Everett's been running like Pacheco after the catch. It's so yep. true. Everett really puts – he gives 100%. Like he's always given 100%. So you can, you can at least give him that. For his entire career. All right, we're going to get to Mike's top three at each position. Before we do that, one more message from our partners. All right, Mike, we got to get to your top three. Lamelo Call says somebody in his championship uh, redraft fantasy league had Amari Cooper in their lineup, and he was going against that person. So good for you, Lamelo. Uh, bad for that person. That must have been a rude awakening. All right, Mike, top three at the quarterback position. Not some traditional names that we're used to here. Definitely not. And I, I have edited this throughout the show, uh, but it is Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Tyrod Taylor being the top for me. I still think at this point in his career, he's got legitimate rushing upside, uh, essentially half a touchdown baked in, talking 30 rushing yards. Um, love the ability to stack the game, though, more than anything. His pass catchers are cheap. The bringbacks are elite uh, with Kyron Williams and the two receivers. Jacoby Brissett, really the same thing. The bringback is kind of elite. You got Christian McCaffrey. You know they're going to be trailing in this game. We've seen him kind of sling it in these situations. Um, Yeah, early start time for San Francisco. Their defense could be a little flat. Patrick Mahomes just talked about it. I think it's a big bounce spot for them overall. I love uh, the fact that I don't think a lot of people are going to play him or Travis Kelsey. And then uh, running back, Christian McCaffrey. Surprise, surprise. He is my top spend. Not overthinking that one. 
Number two, Kyron Williams. Uh, again, I love Tyrod Taylor because of the game environment. A reason I love that game environment so much, Kyron Williams is absolutely elite. And then number three, Alvin Kamara. I like Alvin Kamara here. Uh, look, I, I think that you can speculate, you know, great point in the chat by Lee here talking about the shoulder injury for cars, why they were dumping to Kamara. I don't disagree with that. I don't expect 15, 16 targets again. I think we're talking nine targets in the passing game here. Uh, the Bucks are a pass funnel. You do not run between the tackles um, uh, against Tampa Bay. So I'm playing Kamara. No one else is going to play him. I'm going to be on the island there, uh, but I, I love him here. All right. All right. Uh, wide receiver. Wide receiver. Darius Slayton, number one. We're going way down below on wide receivers this week. Uh, I'm paying up a tight end and running back. So spoiler alert there. Darius Slayton. Love the price point. 3,400 stacking with Tyler Taylor. He's got the deep ball upside. Uh, he can very easily pay off this price tag in one catch. Um, we've seen him do it a number of times throughout his career. I think the opportunity will be there. Demario Douglas, someone I'm going to play as well. The volume negative game script. The Pats will want to try to push as much as they can against Buffalo. Uh, I think Buffalo will have a big enough lead that they are fine surrendering 12 yards over the middle at certain points in the game. Uh, Terry McLaurin, number three for me. Love Brissett. I love the uh, chemistry there. I think they've got a, a good thing going. It's a tough matchup, but I think they get there ultimately. Tight end, Darren Waller, double stacking with Tyrod Taylor. Travis Kelsey, no one's going to play him. The cheapest he's been in who knows how long, certainly all year. Um, and then Chego Conquu is someone that I will speculate on a little bit and yeah, that's it. No defenses today. All right. Uh, let's go to my cheat sheet. So I'm going sort of the other way, although I got to say Jacoby Brissett to Terry McLaurin, I'm really starting to get warm to that stack, but I'm going to go with uh, a couple of big guns because I know I can afford it. Jalen hurts, 8,300 to AJ Brown, 8,600, probably running that stack back with Trey McBride. Uh, in potentially a two tight end lineup, or probably just one tight end because there's so much receiver value. Speaking of value, my value is going to be, this is kind of risky. Again, I don't think it's a one-for-one one Jalen Waddle to Cedric Wilson by any means, but at 3,600 with a whole week to kind of make sure your wide receiver two is fully integrated into the game plan, I do think Cedric Wilson can land in the end zone and potentially pile up five, six, seven catches. Love 3,600 there. Chalk, I'll play Ezekiel Elliott at 6000 He's still a very fair price. Honestly, probably should be in the 6400 range, in my opinion. I'll take the flat 6 k My contrarian play, I actually changed this. Um, I had Jerry Judy on there, but I, I gave that uh, a second and third thought. I'm going to go Chris Olave. It's not fully contrarian because I do expect him to have some ownership, but not enough. So I'm going contrarian Chris Olave at 6800 In my fade, we didn't talk about him much in this Denver game, but it does look like he's getting some ownership. I'm fading Javante Williams. I just don't see the ceiling for Javante Williams. 5600 is a great price. I'm just going to go a different direction. So no Javante Williams for me. Mike, your cheat sheet. All right. Cheat sheet here. Tyrod Taylor to Darius Slayton. Uh, look, it's a price point play here. The stack on this is 8K. That, that is the price point for the quarterback and the receiver that we know is a deep threat. Uh, value play for me, Demario Douglas for now. Uh, again, it's a 13-game slate with still a decent amount of injury news. Very possible this value play changes. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I think the volume is going to be there for them. They're going to be trailing. Chalk play, keeping it simple. It's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Uh, $9,600, going to play him. And then my contrarian play. Whew. I listed Darren Waller because I don't think people are going to stack with Darren Waller at 4,500 when all the other receivers are cheaper. 
I want to add Travis Kelsey. No one's going to play him either. So I'm going to play both of these guys throughout lineups. But on the cheat sheet, it will say Darren Waller, 4,500. Just know that Travis Kelsey is there for me as well. And then my fade, I have listed the entire Las Vegas Raiders organization here. I am not <laughs> playing any Raiders uh, in this game with the Colts. I absolutely love that. What I don't love is Alan Hester. I, wh where's the hate coming from? Uh, totally. Uh, like, well, that's so left field. Although I got to be honest, I, I'm I'm mostly here for Mike's picks too, but I, I don't know that you needed to say that guy. Uh, I've actually had a decent year. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, I, I think that's it. You know, Ma Mike, we managed to do a 13 game slate in an hour. That's impressive. Very impressive. Uh, not sure that, yeah, I don't, I don't love the comment there. I do see uh, Zach in the private chat, Chase practice for a second straight day, uh, certainly trending towards playing in this game. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, that line has moved from seven to six and a half. So yeah, I think that Chase news might be affecting that for sure. All right, everybody, I, hopefully we answered most of your questions. I know I can't always get to all your questions, but everybody, thank you for being in the chat. Thank you for being so positive, at least most of you outside of Alan over there. Uh, honestly, I, I don't really mind. Uh, listen, thank you for joining us. We tried to do a kind of a, a, a quick show considering it's a 13-game slate, still an hour long. We hope we gave you all the information you needed. Obviously, we're being contrarian for the most part, or at least paying down with our stacks. Mike's being contrarian to himself, right? Because he usually pays up for receiver. This week, he's paying up for running back. He's paying down at receiver because that's what the slate told him to do. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Tuesday for our recap and our early look at week 18. Crazy to say. Again, have a nice weekend. Thanks for joining us on Fantasy Football Today, DFS.